Headshot. Drink. Sit down. Drink. Stand up. Drink. Pass out. Drink. Wake up. Drink. Fade it. Drink. Fade it. Drink. Okay. Now open your mind up and listen to me, Kendrick. Oh my goodness. It's the first podcast of the year. This is Alex Sanchez for the I Don't Have a Life podcast. Idol podcast. Rest in peace, Michael Cooper. I hope you're feeling better, man. He took one look at his draft and you saw the pictures after that. That's all I'm going to say. Hello and welcome officially. This is the season four of our podcast. And opening day is only two days away. That's pretty crazy. Uh, I wasn't able to do a live draft podcast this year because everybody was pretty much in the same room. So instead, what I did was um, I wanted to try to find a way to systematically decide who had the best draft right now. And of course, these mean nothing because our teams are going to look different. Hell, my team already looks different from the draft. I already am in the lead for moves created by uh, dropping, I think, I've dropped three players and added three players so far, maybe even more than that. I think I'm up to four, to be honest. So the point is, your team's going to look a lot different than it does now, but I wanted to try to find a way to be the fairest way without giving my opinions, because nobody seems to like my opinions. I don't like anybody else's opinions. So that's going to be the big thing today. We're going to go round by round really quickly and see who got some steals and whatnot. And then I'm going to share my formula, very highly scientific formula, in which there is a clear winner, multiple winners, I suppose, and very clear multiple losers. Uh, You're going to be shocked to find out who is who. That's some clickbait. 101 right there. You'll be shocked. But you won't find out until you listen to the whole podcast. And that's why I'm going to talk about Ronald Acuna for 25... Just kidding. Just kidding. I'll try to keep my Ronald Acuna references to one or two a week at the very maximum. It's going to be tough to do, but I'm going to try. Anyway, let's go over the the draft really quickly, and then we'll, we'll hit that formula. So, I think the draft was pretty interesting. It had a lot of surprises I just didn't anticipate. Um, I know when we were in the room, everybody was shocked with the first overall pick going to James Conner, made by Charles. And that was shocking. Upon looking at it, though, a little bit more, I actually didn't hate it as much as I thought I did at the beginning. It actually should be a pretty decent pick. I just think I'd rather have one of those top receivers ahead of him. But if you're picking a running back first and you that's what you were you had your mind on, I think he's a decent one. So I don't hate the James Conner pick. Um, I just I would probably would have taken all four of those those receivers. Hopkins, Adams, Schuster, and Thomas ahead of Connor. But you know Charles saw what he saw and, and he took the the Pittsburgh running back number one overall. After that, it was pretty pretty straightforward. I think the biggest surprise for me, I don't think I've seen Justin do something like this. Maybe I'm wrong and he'll, he can let everybody know. Um, but I don't remember him ever taking a tight end that early. He took Travis Kelsey 
with the seventh overall pick. And it was surprising to me. I, I don't know if I did, I've done that strategy once in my life. The first round tight end, I was, uh, I'll never forget. It was Jimmy Graham few years ago I had the 10th pick and I was like I'm doing it I want that stud tight end and it didn't work out for me that year uh Kelsey is definitely a little healthier than Jimmy Graham but I don't know it just makes the the rest of the team suffer in in if if Kelsey doesn't provide that first round value um so what's perhaps even more shocking to me was Ertz going two picks uh later by Javi um, now it's hard to say, uh, no, fuck that shit. I couldn't talk shit on the champion. I don't care. He got lucky last year. He even admitted that he got lucky with his draft. So uh, that championship really means nothing to me. It was, if you do it again, then I'd be impressed. But I doubt he'll do it again. But he took Zach Ertz with that ninth overall pick. That one, again, these tight ends going in that first round. I just don't know if I want to spend a first round pick on a tight end. Because if it busts, man, it's it's a big bust. Like, you can get by if one of these running backs get hurt and you can go get uh, another running back or whatnot. But if you bust with your tight end, that's it. You know, you're not getting another one, and they probably will be really bad. So, I don't know. That left Chubb to drop to me at 10. I was shocked to see Nick Chubb fall that far. I would have taken Chubb probably ahead of Connor and Dalvin Cook, if I'm being completely honest. I would have taken those four receivers, though, before. But other than that, Chubb should not have gotten down to 10. I think the Kareem Hunt thing really scared people off, which makes sense. But that's such a long time from that. That's going to be week 10 after you include the bye. Like, I'm not going to worry about that. That's week 10, Alex's problem. I'm all about who's going to start for me week one. Moving on to the second round, Javi again ignored the receiving position, or I'm sorry, the running back position. So don't forget his keeper is Julio. This is what makes the Ertz pick a little bit more shocking to me too. When you have a receiver, it's almost, you gotta go running back um, to cover your bases there. But now he's looking at a Zach Ertz, Pat Mahomes, Julio Jones. Awesome to have those guys, but no running backs. And as you'll see later on, you know, that's it's going to rear its ugly head at more times than not throughout the season. And running backs get expensive. Um, other surprises in that round, I think Mixon going to Justin that late was insane. To me, I was banking on getting Mixon at the 10th pick. I was already putting in Mixon Evans into my, my draft program or my mind or something. <laughs> Um, and then Chubb felt. So mixing that late is pretty darn good. Um, David Montgomery. I was shocked to see Jason Noah go David Montgomery that early. I do like him. But there is still Tariq Cohen. He's still a rookie. There is some downside to that pick in round two, technically. I know it's round two. It's technically round three. You keep the keepers. I don't know. I'm just going by the first round we picked. That's what I'm talking to. So David Montgomery with your second round pick seems a little risky to me. The other one's pretty darn safe. Damian Williams, Adam Thielen, Keelan Allen to round out. Um, then you have Amari Cooper, which was Charles's pick. So he went re, uh, running back, running back, receiver, receiver. Interesting that he picked those two. Um, I don't know if they're, I mean, I'd probably take Diggs ahead of them. 
Uh, maybe not Keenan, but probably Diggs against ahead of Cooper. But that's fine. Um, in this round, I don't see too many big surprises. Mark Ingram's a little too early for me, just because he. I doubt he's going to be catching the ball much, and that was always kind of his bonus was that he was a good receiver. I think he's just going to run the ball on first and second down when they decide to run. Plus, Lamar is going to take some touchdowns from him. They have a guy named Justice Hill who's pretty darn good behind him that's going to push him. I just think Ingram's a little bit too high there in that round. Other than that, getting Diggs that late for Coop I think was awesome. Diggs is, uh, to me, way better than a late third-round receiver in our draft. Looking into round four, I'm going to try to go a little bit faster here. Josh Gordon, a big reach in round four. I think that was the consensus for everybody. Um, Tyler Boyd, interesting. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just wonder if you could have waited another round to get Boyd. Um, Cooper Cup down there is a fun pick for Jason Martinez. I think Cooper, I was targeting him. In fact, I went back, I think, the round five or six, and I was like, okay, I'm in time to take Cup, Um, and he was already taken from me. Didn't realize that. Charles, of course, goes to his Patriot running backs and Sonny Michelle. Of course, we'll get James White later. Goes back to Alshon Jeffrey. I don't like Alshon Jeffrey that much. Well, he might be okay in round five, I suppose. Round five has some guys really trying to shoot for upside. Baker Mayfield, Josh Jacobs, DJ Moore, OJ Howard. Um, I like this. This round five, I, I don't see anything horrendous. Calvin Ridley is the one that sort of sticks out to me. Is, is he going to be worth it? Uh, you never know when. To, I, I think he's going to be a you never know who to, when to start kind of guy. I think Lindsay's. You had to pick Lindsay at that point. That also reminds me. That's Javi's running back, right? So um, he went Henry, another receiver. So his two running backs turned out to be Henry and uh, uh, Philip Lindsay. Oof, that's that's scary, man. Those two guys. They had really, really good years last year. Well, Derrick Henry had really good five games. <laughs> Philip Lindsay. I mean, I, there's a scenario where those guys don't even. I mean, they, they average like, like Henry could average three and a half yards a carry, and that's it. And then Lindsay can be out by week three. Like there's a there's some that's scary, man. But you know, that's hobby strategy. Is we'll see. I'm really interested to see how that plays out. I'm always interested on those no zero RB strategies. I always think that they, they sound good. And then I see teams that I mock and I, I, I just don't love not having that running back, but we'll see. We'll see how it works out. It'll be very interesting to follow that round six. I think Marlon Mack for me in round six, I think people panicked with Andrew Luck and I don't know why to me, if anything's going to happen, it means that Mack's going to get more work because they're going to try to control the clock and they've already said that he's going to be in there for all three downs. I don't know why Mac would fall to round five, uh, round six, actually. He was a round two to three guy before Luck retired, which sounds weird to say, before Luck retired. It's like on Madden, your guy retires when he's 32 or something, and you're like, what the fuck, Madden? I signed you to a contract that's bullshit. That's what the Colts are probably thinking to Andrew Luck. Anyway, I, I think Mac fell for no reason. Well, I know the reasons. I just don't feel like they were good reasons. Uh, Moncrief going into round six was shocking to me. That's really going to come back to bite Casey, as we'll see in our systematic formula. Evan Ingram there at the last pick. 
that was Charles. I think Engram is actually really good. I, looking back at this, I picked Hunt, uh, Hunter Henry. I probably should have gone Engram uh, Engram instead of Henry. Uh, Henry? Henry? Can I speak? That's a oh Henry is Hunter and Henry mixed together. That's what the that's what his name would if we all could have one name, not two names. What am I saying now, man? I hey, I'm getting back into the swing of things now. I'm going to be sitting in traffic for a lot more time than I was previously. So these podcasts might be more frequent or might be longer. I don't know. So I got plenty of time to practice. But anyway, round seven, that's the Melvin Gordon (laughs) debacle in which Jason didn't know he was on the clock and ended up taking Melvin Gordon. And immediately after Austin Eckler goes, I bet Casey was sitting there seeing his pick, you know, probably had Eckler all up there. And all of a sudden Melvin Gordon goes, um, he didn't even hesitate on his honeymoon and all. He's just like, fuck it, I'm taking Eckler. Uh, there might be information that I'm not aware of, but I don't care. Um, turns out there was not information <laughs> that he was unaware of because Eckler still looks like the guy. Daryl Henderson, to me, is just a, hey, I know my shit and I'm going to prove it type of pick. Love me, Daryl Henderson, but not in round six. Uh, and not if I don't have Gurley. Fitzgerald, I didn't say anything because I always feel like whatever I say something to Justin, the league just thinks I'm trying to attack him, and it's kind of gone to that point now, but I hated the Fitzgerald pick when that happened. Um, I do love the Arizona offense, and perhaps it works out for one more year, but man, um, D.D. Westbrook, who I took a few picks later, I'd much rather have. I'd rather have Javi's accidental Curtis Samuel. I'd rather have Sammy Watkins. I'd rather have a lot of other receivers before Fitz, and he's a guy that typically falls in our type of drafts because... Uh, people hate old guys. <laughs> then, of course, the kicker in round seven should be highlighted as well. Um, that's going to come back and haunt Coop in his rankings, as you'll see, because I didn't rank your kicker or your defense, because you'll see why. But that, taking one that early really hurts. Um, I don't love my Carson Wentz pick in round eight. I think uh, there's some other guys that I probably could have taken, but... I'm going to go back to the Wentz well, Wentz time, once more time. No, that sort of works. Uh, Vance McDonald, I love in round eight to Rich. I like that. And just go as a Bucks fan, rest in peace, Chris Conti. If you uh, know what I'm talking about, that guy got stiffed armed to a career ending injury on that play by Vance. And uh, so I always will appreciate Vance for that. Um, Next round, uh, we're starting to get to the, the basic guys where, you know, you're Matt Ryans and Phillip Rivers. You can't really be too mad about that. Um, yeah, nothing crazy here. Round 10, starting to get, you know, Corey Davis I liked. I liked getting Devin Singletary after the McCoy news. Uh, Michael Gallup's been interesting. Anthony Miller I didn't like. That's going to come back and on Charles, as you'll see. Um, MVS in round 11 to... I think that's Jason. That's a nice pick. Uh, Garoppolo was fascinating to me. Why uh, I didn't think Garoppolo would get drafted. Um, but he's interesting, right? He's a, he's a handsome fellow, that's for sure, too. If you want the best-looking team, he's definitely a, a top-three pick. Um, I also picked Tony Pollard, who I've already dropped, so I'm sure Justin is running to the waiver wire to pick up Tony Pollard now. Uh, it looks like Zeke is going to sign Tony Pollard. Uh, doesn't have much standalone value after week one. Even then, I'm not starting him. So just get out of here. I'll take a flyer on a receiver. I realized my receiving core was a little bit thinner than I wanted it to be. Um, hey, Jalen Samuels doesn't have a tight end next to his name. Who would have thought? 
Uh, Adrian Peterson going around 13. I sh probably should have picked him before. Um, who did I take instead? I took Josh Allen. Yeah, that's a that was a bad pick by me. I should have picked AP so I could have had the Redskins backfield. I don't, although I don't know if that's a good thing. I took Kareem Hunt, who I also dropped just because I know I'm not going to be able to keep him on my roster the whole year. Um, Jordan Scarlett was a shocker to me, even though it's round 13. Love the name. Um, actually kind of, no, he's not very good. <laughs> he's not a very good running back, and I don't care. if you. I mean, you may think Christian McCaffrey is going to get hurt, but there's. I just don't see a world where if Jordan Scarlett is the guy <laughs> that he does very well. He's just not very good running back. Um, also, don't you wish that ill on me. Damn it. Um, after that, who cares? Except for round 16, a lot of interesting sleepers there when uh, Barkley and Elliott and Beckham all went. <laughs> That's weird to see. Okay, so now that you have that information, this, you've listened to this podcast, you're probably wondering, well, who won the draft? It actually felt pretty even of good and bad picks as I was reading through that draft. But here's what I did. All right, so listen carefully to what I did. I tried to take the most unbiased approach that I possibly could to seeing who had the best draft or who has the best team for the year. Okay, so using one of my favorite tools, Fantasy Pros, in case you are living under a rock and you don't know what Fantasy Pros is, it's a website now that's grown even more so than I ever thought it would. And they take everybody's rankings in what we call the ECR, the Expert Consensus Ranking, but it's not as simple as just going to that and pulling up those rankings because there's a lot of shitheads out there. There's some really bad expert consensus, consensus rankers. And I'm not just saying that because I disagree with their rankings, but rather compared to their other colleagues, they're terrible. So what you can do is actually pick experts when you go into the Fantasy Pros site. So I picked experts and I picked the top 20 best overall experts on their rankings in 2018. So you can sort by who had the best score, and that means wherever they ranked them each week compared to where they actually ended up, there's some sort of formula that Fantasy Pros has. I don't know exactly what it is, but it seems like the guys that should be at the top are kind of at the top. Like the, the Yahoo guys are always low, the ESPN guys are always pretty low on this, and uh, some of those other pay sites like um, Jake Seeley on The Athletic, Sean Corner I know has his own website now that you have to pay for, like those type of guys, they go through this process and they're ranked. So what I did is I picked the top 20 experts based on their rankings last year, how they did last year, and I adjusted it to PPR and I put the overall rankings. Okay, so it's basically a top 400 list. And then I just went on your team if you had, for instance, if you have Saquon Barkley, your name is Dino, Dean, Ricard, Ricudu, you have Saquon Barkley. That's worth one point because he's the number one ranked player. And your goal, much like golf, is to get the lowest score possible to get the overall best team. All right, so for instance, Dean has number one, for his running back, and now I just have the numbers here. I don't have the actual players. Um, I can kind of guess here, but he took Davin Cook uh, and Antonio Brown, right? So I think Cook was 13, so 1 plus 13 plus Antonio Brown, which is 22. I added up all 14, not just the starters, 
I added all 14. That means if you pick somebody that was on the IR, you got he got thrown into that as well. And if you picked two defenses, then that was dumb because those you probably ended up with players that had higher rankings. Um, it also will punish people that have too many quarterbacks because quarterbacks are just inherently ranked lower. So I don't think anybody did, but if you would have picked three quarterbacks, your ranking would have been very low or I guess very high on this, which is what you don't want. Um, but if you did take two quarterbacks and you took them pretty early, that probably hurt your score. Handcuffs also hurt your score, especially people like Jordan Scarlett, who are not a very good handcuff. They're, they're, they're going to hurt your score. So instead of going through everybody's team, you can just click through their team and see. What I have here is a composite score. I took all the players, divided it by the amount of players. So usually it was 14 unless you took two defenses. Then I divided it by 13. And that gave me a score. And you wanted the lowest score because that means you had the best ranked players when it's all said and done. All right. So I'm going to go through these teams. I'm going to give you a score. It's in no particular order. Um, or should I go in order? Yeah, we should go in order, huh? Let's go in order of from worst to first. <laughs> worst to first. You try to guess. Okay. Again, this has nothing to do with me. These are the top 20 experts in the fantasy field. Disagree with your team. Don't take it personal. They're going to hate you picking your guys that are ranked really high, for instance, Jason Noah, who we're going to start with, had, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I spoiler alert, Coop, Coop actually had the highest score, which is not good, Coop, that means you have the least ranked uh, team, which is to say, in short, you have the worst team right now, you got to make some moves, so he had a score of an average of 87, so he, his players, when you add them all up, their average rank is 87 on the top 400 list, which is the highest score I was able to com uh, compose. The big issue here when I went through, I went through a few of them, but uh, Greg Olson was a, a really poor pick according to the rankings here. Um, you add on top of that the fact that Coop picked three tight ends. I don't even know if he realized he did this when he was picking. Mark Andrews, Greg Olson, and um, oh my gosh, he had another one. I have to look, but he took three tight ends. Who was the other one? Shoot. Uh, so that was, and I forgot who the third one is, I should know, I should look it up, but you could look it up right now, um, I might be wrong then, but I'm pretty sure he took three tight ends, and those tight ends, once he got past, uh, were really poor, oh, you know what he did, he picked Njoku, that's the other, nope, that's not right, he picked a tight end, and then has Andrews in his flex, and then he has another tight end, so I know that was a little confusing, I confused myself for a second, but that's what ended up to really, really hurting his score, he also took Kirk Cousins, which probably according to this list, we shouldn't have been drafted. And he only took 13 players. He took two defenses, which ended up... What the problem is that is that you take the defense early, that means you didn't get a player that was ranked, you know, in the 60s or 70s, which hurts your score. So that right now, the worst team in the league is Michael Cooper. So based on my Freudian slip, you also probably know who the second worst team in the league is. That is Jason Noah's team. His average was 86.3. So just slightly better than Coop. He, uh, a couple of big issues here. His biggest problem is his tight end, Noah Font, who is the Denver tight end. You maybe never even have heard of Noah Font. And he is, he was ranked 234, which absolutely destroyed 
Jason Noah's score. Without him, if he would have met a better tight end pick, he probably wouldn't have been this far down. But man, that's the only tight end he picked. Not, not great there. He also took Jamal Williams, who according to this should not have been drafted. Uh, as well as Deshaun Jackson, who uh, probably should have been drafted, but was pretty high ranking. The experts don't really love Deshaun this year. So that is your second worst team at 86.3, Jason Noah. All right. Like I said, the results may shock you, and they're nothing personal. It's just the way it is. So you could probably guess who the third worst team in the league is. Yes, I'm smiling from ear to ear because that team is Justin's. Justin scored a 79, so considerably better than the 86 and 87, but still the third worst team in the draft. His big issues here was um, Garoppolo and uh, as a quarterback, simply not needed. Like I said earlier, probably didn't need to draft him. He was ranked 158th overall. And Marquise Goodwin, who I think two years ago everybody would have really enjoyed having Marquise Goodwin. But um, the experts don't like Goodwin this year. He's ranked 196th overall. And as I was looking up a little bit more information, it appears that uh, Dante Pettis is now the number one receiver, at least on the unofficial depth chart in San Francisco, who I managed to pick up right now, earlier. Um, So if you would have swapped those two picks, you would have had like the 95th ranked player instead of the 196th ranked player. Probably would have improved your score, but you probably don't give a shit about the score. The point is, I'm not even trying to talk shit. These are experts saying that your team is garbage, so suck on that. 79 overall, third worst team, Justin. Also, Golden Golden Tate probably a little bit um, of a stretch to get drafted as well. Okay, so the third worst team, we move on to the fourth worst team, and it was close. These next two teams are really, really close, but um, there had to be one loser, and that loser is... Javi, the champion. Uh, I know what you're thinking. Well, champion and the guy who lost the champion. That's, that's stupid. Well, it's not the same two teams. You guys really fucked up the draft. That's all that really means. And Javi fucked up the draft. He fucked it up big time. Um, he scored a 77 and a half. The biggest one was Jordan Scarlett, who's ranked 311 overall, um, which makes me laugh again just saying that. He also picked Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, who I do like, but was ranked 200th. He also picked Akeem Hines. Is it not Naheem Hines? I think it's Naheem Hines. At um, 119, not the worst pick, but those two, Scarlett and Goodwin, man, you could drop those guys right now and improve your score. In fact, what I did is I actually went and I got like the, I think it was Geronimo Allison or something. I just put him instead of Jordan Scarlett. And Javi's score goes all the way down to like a 72, which would have put him in the top um, four or five instead of, the fourth worst team. So interesting. Um, that pick, I I can't imagine you're going to keep Jordan Scarlett all year. <laughs> Your best bet for ever having Scarlett is to pick him up once McCaffrey gets hurt off the waivers. I just can't see Jordan Scarlett ever. Like it's not going to help your team right now. And so the experts hate you for that. Um, the one who was very very close to Javi, but not quite as bad. Point two actually. So seventy seven point five for Javi. The fifth worst team is Dean at 77.3. I didn't have much here. The consensus picks were that he just picked one or two rounds early on pretty much all of his players. Uh, I went over some of those guys at the top. Those top guys are definitely good, definitely on par with the rest of the league. But his rounds, you know, four, five, six, seven, were a bunch of guys that 
we're just a little higher ranked than everybody else. So at 77.3, um, you have Dean as the fifth worst team. After that, so we are left with the top four. Those top four teams are myself, Charles, Jason Martinez, Rich, and Casey. Rich and Casey. Um, and so let's go to the fourth worst team. The fourth worst, is it the fourth? I might have miscounted there here. Let's go back. Cooper's the worst at 10. Uh, Jason Noah's the second worst at nine. Justin's at eight. Javi's at seven. Dean's at six, right? So this is this is the fifth worst team. And that is going to be Casey's team. Casey, actually, I would have predicted to have a worse draft, but what ended up happening is just a lot of solid picks in the middle with one really anti-expert pick, and that's Carlos Hyde. The experts just don't believe in Carlos Hyde. 157th overall ranked. Also taking Ben Roethlisberger. Also hurt the score. But other than that, he has some really high quality guys. According to this, Kamara and Michael Thomas, or who did he get? Was it Juju? One of those guys. Uh, he has two top five players on his team, which nobody else in the league seems to have. So the two high-end players have really pushed Casey into a playoff spot, if, if we're taking this that seriously. So <clears throat> Casey, with a really good draft, at least at the start, picked the right players at the start, reached a little bit at the end, and that's your fifth-ranked team. So that's a 74.3, so pretty big jump. We actually kind of start to see tiers of teams here. You have the, the bottom tier of Jason Noah and Coop. And then you have the tier after that, which is probably Justin, Javi, and Dean. And then after that, you see another jump that's going to be Casey, Rich, and that's probably it for that tier because Rich is the next worst team. I guess at this point, we're starting to say the fourth best team. And uh, the third best team. I'm losing count here. No, fourth best. Yeah, fourth best team. Um, he's at 72.8. Uh, the big things that hit... Rich was, again, taking two defenses. Again, that sacrifices your ability to get those higher-ranked players. Did not like that. It also did not like your hard-knocks wonder boy, Darren Waller, who uh, I admit is fun and is a great story, but probably somebody that you didn't need to draft. Um, it's funny. I'm in a 16-team dynasty league, and Darren Waller was still out there. Um, I did pick him up because I like him, but uh, 205, really a, a reach there. James Washington, again, Big potential for James in a world where, you know, Juju gets hurt or, uh, I don't know, I guess that's the only world where that exists because James Washington is talented, but right now the experts don't think he's going to do much. However, uh, a solid middle of the draft, a lot of low 40s and 50s for Rich to put him at 72.8, and he is your fourth best team. The third best team is going to be Jason Martinez. Jason Martinez shows up with a 68.8. 68.8. And really good, just a solid draft. Even, I mean, the Melvin Gordon, we all kind of made fun of him, but the experts actually really liked Melvin Gordon. He wasn't ranked as high as I thought he'd be. I think he is a 51 overall ranked player, which again, that's not the typical Melvin Gordon we know, but there is a world where Gordon signs like in week two, and then all of a sudden Jason Martinez's team is the anti-Jason uh, team from last year where Bell held out the whole year. So um, some picks here. Adrian Peterson was interesting um, that he was ranked that high, so that bodes well for my pick. 
Um, Jimmy Graham, not a good pick according to this. Jimmy Graham should not have been drafted, ranked 169. Brought your score up quite a bit. But other than that, uh, I mean, a 23rd ranked, 4th ranked, 15th ranked, 28th ranked, uh, 49th ranked, 54th ranked, 51st ranked. Like a lot. Those, those are hard to do because technically, right, 54th ranked should be a 5th rounder. And he's getting 5th rounders and 4th rounders in round 6 and 7. Um, and just kind of screwing up a little bit at the end. So very interesting. That leaves the last two teams. And of course, you knew I would be here in the top two, right? It's my system. Um, although I didn't do my team first to see if it was great or not. I simply did what I did for everybody else for my team. My team was a 66.6. Um, the biggest one, which it's interesting, was Kareem Hunt was actually ranked 178th overall. So what I did was actually drop Kareem Hunt and I picked up Geronimo Allison, and it actually lowered my score to a 60.7, which would, would have been the best in the league. But I think that's a little unfair, although that's where my team stands now. So I've, I was able to fix my team uh, with that one simple move. But uh, before that, before I actually saw the data, uh, it was a 66, putting me at the second best team where Kareem Hunt really did hurt my score. Other than that, it was a pretty solid, um, pretty much everybody should have been drafted, and I drafted on my team. I have one stud player in Christian McCaffrey, and it ended up really, really well for me. And that, of course, somehow, some way, Charles finds his way to the top, even when he is one of the worst teams in the league last year. He, according to this, had the best draft and has the best team as of this recording, uh, unless you count my team that I've upgraded. But according to this, Charles got a 61.2. 61.2. His worst player was Jalen Samuels and Anthony Miller, who were his late, you know, later round picks. But still, even that, Anthony Miller at 114 overall and Jalen Samuels at 125 overall. The experts liked. He took a lot of low picks, a lot of picks in the 40s and um, 20s actually as 220 ranked players. So Charles ends up, according to this system, having the best possible draft and the best season up ahead. But like I said, I was able to convert my score from a 66 to a 60 simply by removing Kareem Hunt and adding Dante Pettis. That wasn't a crazy move, but I did replace the 178th ranked player with a 95 ranked player. And the experts really liked that move. I could see that type of jump happening to several of these teams. Again, like I said, if Javi is to, to get rid of Jordan Scarlett and Marquise Brown and replace them with some of these other guys um, based on the waiver wire even Peyton Barber would be better than Jordan Scarlett um, I just picked up Geronimo Allison but um, there's John Browns out there like there's a lot of guys that are much better than the 311th ranked player um, as much as I do love his last name it's a great last name as I was going through this, it became clear to me uh, that it was probably best to rank who I thought had the best running back class and the best receiving class. I didn't rank the tight end or quarterback because you should, if you have the best, then you have one. And if you have crummy ones, then you probably have two. And uh, I don't know what's better to have two that you can switch off or one really good one. It's probably one really good one, but that's not really a class. The running back class, though, voted best running back class by me was Dean he does have some studs at running back. It's going to be tough to mess with Saquon and Dalvin Cook. Um, I should probably look up the rest of his team as well so I don't sound like a complete nutter idiot. 
Oops, that's the wrong app. Um, I'm not even halfway home. Well, I'm more than halfway home. It's actually been not too bad. Um, going back to the draft here. Uh, great names, by the way. Love the names. Um, very. I thought the league did a very creative thing when we were all making fun of Dean using our team players. Of course, Landry, Laundry, Javi's name probably won the draft. I do like an extra small cup by Jason. Thought that was solid. But anyway, uh, let's get back to Dean's team uh, with uh, Delvin Cook, Devontae Freedom, Chris Freedom, Freeman, Chris Carson, and of course Saquon. That was the best running back class for me in the draft. The best receiving class goes to Rich. I think Rich's receivers are top notch, the envy of many of our league. That's Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, Julian Edelman, Allen Robinson and uh, James Washington, who I don't really like that much. But those top four are stud receivers, and you get to play all four, which is a, it's a, an excellent strategy in my book. So Rich had some uh, some really good receiver classes. Other than that, I think that's about it. We're up on uh, week one. I'm not even going to bother previewing games because then this episode goes to uh, two hours, and I'm not about to sit here after traffic and record more. But... It should be an interesting first week. We got the Packers and Bears again. I believe we had Packers-Bears last year. I might be crazy. I remember that Randall Cobb game where he caught like a 97-yard touchdown with like a minute left. I think that was the opening day. So, like, you get back-to-back. I thought we always did the Super Bowl champions. What happened to that? Like, the Super Bowl champions got to play at home. Am I making that up? I don't think I'm making that up. But... Something is being made up, and I don't know what it is. That's weird. All right. At that point, it's probably time to end this podcast. We're going to get some people on. I want to get Coop. Coop, welcome to the league. I hope you're doing better. Um, Not a lot of drastic changes this year. I think we still need to discuss the punishment for the last place team and how we decide that last place team. Is it finishes 10th in the season, or is it loser of the toilet bowl? I don't know, but I do think we need a punishment for that last place team. I do love my Wheel of Punishment, where all 10 owners each year, you can change it up each year, submit their punishment, and it goes up on a wheel. I'll supply the wheel. I'll buy the wheel, and we can have that wheel forever and replace it with shit and spin it all the time. That sounds like a lot of fun to me. And you spin the wheel, and whatever it lands on, you get, right? So you have to be careful because... You could be 10th place, so whatever you submit, you you know, you like the tattoo idea, submit it. But if it lands on you, you're getting a tattoo. So if you if you would do it, then submit it. And if you wouldn't, then obviously don't submit it in the hopes that you don't get last place. Like, oh, go run over a squirrel. You know, if you wouldn't want to do that, that's a weird example. Like, there's got to be different ones. I was going to say kill a person, but that seemed a little dark. And I'm in a happy, happy place right now with football. So, anyway, I'm rambling on. I'm going to get out of here. I hope there's music on. There is. Great. Wonderful. Oh, 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 okay. Anyway, good luck, everybody. Uh, We'll see you next week after we go over uh, all the results, surprises, everything. Peace out. Show me.
I have your sunglasses too. So they weren't nice enough for me to just like want to wear. So you can have them back. Let me know when you want them. It's bright outside. Still going bad on them anyway. Saw you last night, but didn't 